Hey pals, welcome back to the Nothing Ventured podcast. This is episode three, and in this episode, I'm gonna be talking all about how to actually start a creative freelance business. I recently posted a photo on my personal Instagram, just talking about some of the things that I do in my day-to-day job, which as some people now know, is a full-time freelance creative. And I had a lot of questions off the back of that, and I figured the easiest way for me to approach that, and probably the most thorough way for me to approach that, would be in the form of a podcast episode. Um, Just for the end of last year, I posted um, a photo on my Instagram, and I talked about how I want to steer more into longer form content, so particularly YouTube and also podcasts. So the podcast has never really been something that I want to grow. It's just another space for me to really tap into these sorts of topics and to really give them the time and space that they need. You know, these things aren't easy, straightforward questions to answer. And when I get these, you know, messages or comments, I often kind of, sometimes I wish I could just hop on a call with people because honestly, that's what it needs. You know, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there and Obviously, my own experiences are only true to myself, so it won't apply to everyone. But I've learned a lot in the time that I have been freelancing, especially in the last six months when I became full time. And really, I just want to share that. You know, when I first started all of this, I had absolutely no clue what I was doing. And I made a lot of mistakes. And through those mistakes, I learned how to be a better businessman, a better creative. And yeah, just how to manage my shit. So there's a lot to unpack. We're going to run the intro now. But yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get into the thick of it all, I wanted to briefly address December. So December was my busiest month to date as a freelancer, but obviously with Christmas and New Year's and everything else in between, it kind of condensed that month for me a little bit because I didn't really want to be working much over the Christmas period. So uh, yeah, didn't really post a lot. I wasn't that active on socials or anything else for that matter. And as a result, the podcast did drop off a little bit, which wasn't my intention. This is something I want to be really consistent with because ultimately I want to create a backlog of episodes that people can hop onto and find the answers they're looking for. Obviously, like I briefly said at the beginning of this episode, you know, my experiences are only my own, so they may not apply to everyone's, uh, you know, specific situation, but hopefully people will find some value in what I'm talking about. And yeah, like I said, you know, I had no clue what I was doing at the start. And a lot of the information that was out there was really more tailored to an American audience. And I found it really difficult to relate to some of the situations they were talking about, but to really believe in some of the situations they were talking about, you know, they were talking about crazy numbers that just didn't feel real to me. And pricing is one of the things that I'll briefly tap into today. Um, But ultimately, what this episode is all about is how to actually start, like what are the foundations that you need to then go out and start a successful freelancing or creative business. So I wanted to talk a little bit about my own background and why I feel that I'm a relevant person to actually you know, weigh in on this. So we're going to start off with right at the very beginning when you know I hadn't really even picked up a camera at this point. I was at uni studying marketing and for my third year at uni, I did a sandwich year placement. On that sandwich year, I was involved in pay-per-click advertising, so Google ads, 
some Facebook ads, at the time it was relatively new and Facebook hadn't really established much of an advertising platform at that point, believe it or not. So it was quite rudimentary in some regards. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't that fun. I didn't really enjoy it that much at the time, but actually I appreciate it a lot more now because it's given me a really solid base to, you know, when I'm creating content, I know exactly how that's going to be distributed, not just in organic social, but also on a more, uh, you know, advertising based platform as well. So way back in 2015, I want to say was when I bought my first actual camera. And it was at that point that I really started to toy with the idea of, you know, content creation as just more of a hot, you know, more than just a hobby. I think, Everyone goes through those motions when they first get their, you know, proper camera. They think, oh, you know what, I could, you know, become a photographer or a videographer. And it is compelling because you've got, you suddenly got this big expensive thing in your hand and you think, well, what, what possibilities have I now got in front of me? And I absolutely went through all of those same uh, feelings and ideas. And I actually did manage to get a freelance opportunity, um, which went really badly. It went so badly, in fact, that I actually refunded the people who hired me and said, I think I made something up about the memory card, you know, uh, getting errors or something like that. And all the files have been lost. And because I, I was just not confident in myself, I had no idea what I was doing, in all fairness. So my first ever freelance job was not a success. But actually, that's a good thing because it, it taught me how to be resilient in some ways and how to come back at something, even when it doesn't quite go the way you expected. So after that sort of small hiccup, I realized that I needed to invest in myself, not just the gear, but also the skills. And I had to put in the hours. That was, you know, essentially uh, the lesson I learned there. But fast forward a little bit to post-uni, I started getting more professional um, experience in places like advertising agencies and in marketing jobs and really being exposed to how content is being leveraged in you know regards to brands and businesses and I'm seeing that firsthand so you know I'm picking up lessons as I'm going on I'm learning and it was around 2018 that I got my first consistent piece of freelance work which at the time was a really big deal um, and while you know, looking back, it, it probably wasn't um, that huge in terms of you know the monetary side of things, but I got a lot out of it in terms of real world experience now to deal with, you know, a client when it is just you that is responsible for them. And yeah, just laying down the foundations for what has now gone on to become my full-time job. So I started to plug away at freelancing and, you know, concentrate on getting more clients and, you know, you get referrals and people hand on work to you and they know that they're just start, you're just starting out even. And around 2019, I started to gain some traction. Um, you know, I managed to get a couple of clients, one of which I'm actually still working with. And then obviously COVID happened. So everything that has happened in the last two years, when it all sort of kicked off, I had to put my freelancing dreams, let's call them, or uh, goals to one side, because, you know, unfortunately, advertising, marketing, it was one of the industries that was first to go, you know, budgets got pulled quite quickly. And as a result of that, it meant that uh, a lot of us had very little or no source of income, especially people like me who weren't eligible for any form of furlough at the time. So I really had to focus in on just, you know, surviving, I guess. So 
around that time, obviously my freelancing opportunities dried up and I couldn't really give it much attention anyway. So I kind of put it on the shelf until about the middle of 2020. So talking about two years ago. And that was really when freelancing sort of re-entered my life. And I picked up another client again, who I still work with today and are a great client who I really enjoy working alongside. And yeah, since then, it's just gradually grown over time. You know, I was still working in a sort of office environment all the way up until June or July of last year. So only six months ago was when I made the transition from, you know, freelancing on the side, just sort of doing what I could to actually committing to making it my full-time profession. Since then, um, so in the last six months, I have generated more revenue uh, than, you know, any of my combined, well, not combined, but any of my salaries in any previous job. So it's been a really formative experience, not just for all the, you know, experience that I've managed to gain from it and, you know, all of the skills I've managed to develop, but also financially, it's been really rewarding too. And that's one of the things I, I do want to tap into because I think that is an absolutely worthwhile conversation. And it's usually one of the things that people ask about first. But the reason for this episode is to really tap in everything else that needs to be considered when you're starting a freelance business. So yeah, that's just a little bit about my background and why I think that I'm qualified to even talk about this. Obviously, I am very early on in my freelancing career and what I'm saying right now may not be applicable in however amount of time. So obviously, just keep that in mind whenever you're listening, right? So Freelancing is great. Freelancing is super, super rewarding. And I genuinely can't imagine going back to a sort of, you know, full-time job now. But who knows, hey? So, you know, freelancing is awesome because, like I said, potential earnings are really good. You get to work with really exciting clients, brands, businesses. You get all the freedom and autonomy of running your own business, which is just honestly my favorite part about it. You know, being able to choose what I do in my day, deciding when I approach things or how I approach things, that is just, honestly, I, I couldn't imagine going back to working for someone being told what to do or when to do it. Obviously, there, to an extent that happens when you have clients, you, you're still accountable for everything that you're promising them. But for the most part, I really can choose how my day looks like. And that, that is super rewarding and has given me a lot of gratification over the last six months. Um, and yeah, you know, just being able to work on a really wide, range of projects. Again, super fulfilling. It's really exciting. Most days are different. And yeah, I'm a really big advocate for freelancing as a whole. And I think right now in the current climate of work and you know everything that's happened since COVID, I think it's a really good time to get into starting a freelance business too. But that's not to say that freelancing doesn't have any downsides. It absolutely does. You know, it can be really stressful. So even though I've had some really great times freelancing, there have been some really poor times as well. There's been some really challenging situations or, you know, just things I didn't think I'd ever have to deal with. But, you know, you you navigate as best as you can. But like I said, at the very start, resilience is one of the things that is going to hold true the most. That's something that you need to sort of pick up quite quickly is, you know, you're not always going to get the answer you want. Things aren't always going to go the way that you expect them to. And you've got to adapt to that quite quickly. And ultimately, all that accountability lies on you as a freelancer or, you know, the owner of your own creative business. The, the only other thing that I would really say about freelancing and why that can be, you know, 
not the best as well, is it, it can get, be quite lonely. Now, there are ways of you know, remedying this. And, you know, I, I'm, I think I'm quite good at reaching out to people and connecting with people in similar situations. But obviously, you know, if I just worked at home and I only really stayed, you know, working in my personal office, I probably wouldn't have many social opportunities that obviously working in a, you know, traditional work environment lends to. So that's definitely a consideration to have. I know it's not for everyone. And I know people who have been freelancers, but couldn't actually do that every single day where they weren't having the social interaction that they were used to. So you need to really weigh up whether you think freelancing is for you to start with. And those are just some of the reasons why it may or may not be. Um, but generally, I'm a really big advocate for it, like I said. And I, I think, you know, win or lose, whether it goes the way you want or not, you're always going to lose something from, you're always going to learn something from freelancing that you probably wouldn't have the opportunity to in a traditional, you know, sort of office or work environment. So now we're going to get into the real meat of this podcast episode. And that is what you actually need to start a freelancing or, you know, creative business, however you want to call it. You know, there's a lot of ways that people package this. Some people decide that they want to approach it as strictly a freelancer. So they're an independent person who can provide their skills and services to service clients that may not have the resource or, you know, people that they need to be able to facilitate those sorts of areas. So for me, that's definitely where I place myself within. I definitely sort of brand myself as a freelancer. And I think one of the first decisions you have to make is whether that's the route you want to go down or whether you see potential for you to actually grow and scale that business into something that may not look like a freelancer eventually. I know a few people who do very similar work to how I do, but they actually package themselves as more of an agency sort of feel just to, you know, present that opportunity for themselves later to scale without really having to change the business too much. I hope that makes sense. So what I mean by that is they might not call themselves, for example, George Powell, freelancing or whatever, creative. They might have a brand name, an agency name. that They package all of their services under. And it also has the benefit of making them seem bigger than they actually are. So, you know, it's pretty ambiguous how big that company actually is. Is it one person? Is it multiple? Is it a huge team of people? Until you actually start meeting that business or brand, you're not really going to find out. So it's really a decision that you have to make for yourself. And obviously everyone's different. But for me, I see plenty of opportunities just operating as a freelancer. But, you know, in the not so distant future, I may decide that actually I do want to brand myself as more of a business sort of feel. So again, that's something that you need to decide for yourselves. And obviously your situation is going to be very different to mine. But that's probably one of the questions I get asked a lot about is how should I sort of package myself? And ultimately that's the short answer is it really depends on what sort of work you're doing, what potential you see for yourself to grow the business and everything that you know comes alongside with that. But the main thing that I think you need to actually start a creative business is a product. What I mean by that is you need to have a clear idea of what you're actually selling to your potential clients. So it's all very well that I had a camera back in 2015, but a lot of people did, right? I didn't really fully 
grasp what it was that I was selling to people, you know. So now I have a much better understanding of that. And the line that I often find myself going back to is that I provide branded content experiences. So that usually comes in the form of photography or video production. And usually I operate within product, event, and lifestyle content. And, you know, I sell those services based on the client and their needs and also what I think is going to work out best for them. But ultimately, you need to have a solution to a problem. And that is as simple as I can really make that statement. You need to understand what it is that you're good at, why people should care about what it is that you're selling. Because like I said, a lot of people have cameras and it's not just limited to content creation. This could be you know, graphic design. This could be motion effects. It could be a lot of creative things, right? It could be music. There's plenty of things that uh, sort of fall under this umbrella. And ultimately, you need to establish what it is about your thing that sets you apart. What, what is it that people should go to you for? And once you have that, that's going to help steer you so much better in future because then you know exactly what clients you need to be approaching. You know what sort of services that you need to be offering them and how you want to package yourself as well. So having a clear understanding of your product is probably the first thing you need to really establish before anything else, really. Once you've got your product, then you can really dive into some of the more, I guess they're fun things to really worry about. But the next one is branding. We've kind of tapped into that a little bit in terms of, you know, do I package myself as an agency? Do I package myself as a freelancer? But your brand is much deeper than that. It's really about what you represent what do you personify or what do you sort of um exemplify through your business so you know are you a minimalist like me are you someone who likes to err on the side of like quite considered and tactical with your content rather than you know very busy or very in your face you know those are the sorts of decisions that again will help sort of steer the sorts of clients that you approach or that you want to work with. So really diving into brand is, it's a big conversation in all fairness, but that's definitely worth establishing quite early on. And my recommendation there is actually to, if you can't do this yourself, approach someone who has a really good understanding of brand building. Uh, one of the first things I did when I started to get more consistent work was I actually um, contracted a graphic designer who is able to help me with my personal branding because I do think it's really important. I think having a visual identity that people can refer back to and makes you more memorable and everything else that comes alongside with that, that's a really important thing as well. So understanding your personal brand or the brand of your business that you're going to create is pretty crucial in the early sort of um, phases of your creative business or freelance business. So I definitely recommend giving that some attention early on. The next thing is going to be a social media presence. Now, when I say social media presence, I don't mean have an account on absolutely everything. I don't mean have, you know, an Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, YouTube. What you really need to do is focus in on the platforms that are most appropriate to your business and where you think your clients are going to see your content. So for me, obviously, the uh, natural assumption is Instagram. But I've also started posting more content on LinkedIn and Twitter because those two platforms lend themselves quite nicely to discoverability by businesses or brands 
um, or people who are in those decision-making roles within those businesses or brands. So there are opportunities for me to sort of find clients or find work through those platforms that I might not necessarily have on a platform like Instagram or even YouTube. So having a social media presence is really important, but it's also really important to be really considerate about which platforms you're using and how you're actually leveraging those platforms to create meaningful conversations or connections and to actually find work, not just posting things for the sake of it. Because I see a lot of these accounts and they're not really approaching social with any form of strategy. They're posting things with hashtags or whatever and they think, right, great, that's all I need to do and I can just kind of you know leave it there now. Social media is social by definition and a big part of finding work is actually going out there and creating those opportunities for yourself. So one of the things I've started doing more of is approaching brands on social and particularly Instagram, but that just because it works well for the sort of things that I do. And, you know, eventually those sort of conversations turn into opportunities. Um, I'll probably make a separate episode about selling. So I'm not going to talk too much about that today just because I don't think that well I don't want this episode to be too long but I don't think that it's that relevant in the very early stages as much as it'd be great for everyone to have lots of clients I think that selling comes later but having a social media presence and understanding why you're using it that is important so definitely consider those sorts of things I've just talked about and yeah just you know approach it with an idea of what outcome you want in the end as well. Cool. So um, similar to having a social media presence, I think it's very important for a lot of businesses, not every business, but a lot of businesses to have a website. So I've, it's one of the things that I've always had. Um, I've always had a website where I post my work. I've actually had the same website since uh, I bought my first camera. That was one of the first things I did after I bought said camera was I started a website. And I probably had about three photos to put on there and I'm not really sure how I did it, but uh, the amount of times where people have said to me, yeah, uh, I've seen you on social media and I've checked out your website and it all looks really good. Honestly, it is so valuable and it's just another touch point for people to see that you are serious and that you know, you're know you not just some thing on Instagram or Twitter that has followed them. You're a business and you want their work and you have a background and the experience to provide the things that you're actually promising to them. So I absolutely recommend getting a website. You don't need to spend a lot of money or time on this. I've always used Squarespace. It's just always been something that I found really easy and straightforward to use. And it's never been a problem for me. I've never had any issues with it. I actually really like it as a platform. And obviously uh, I am an affiliate. So if you did want to support me and the content that I produce, if you go onto the link in my Instagram bio, then there is an opportunity to help me monetize my own content through getting your website through Squarespace, but no more about that. There are plenty of other opportunities. Sorry, there are plenty of other platforms out there similar to Squarespace that are all really good. Um, but if you feel that you want to have something a bit more bespoke or maybe your business needs something that's a bit more 
integrated with other tools or maybe you need specific things on your website that Squarespace or anything else doesn't provide, then obviously you're going to have to invest time and money into that and potentially hire someone to actually create it for you as well, which can be quite costly. But a website is huge. And again, it's that discoverability, you know, when you're looking for, when you're looking for a service or for, you know, a product even, a lot of the time you will refer to uh, search engines, Google, etc. because, you know, after you do your usual thing of asking people you know and ask, looking for referrals, the, the next logical step is to use a search engine because that's going to provide results that are local to you. And while I haven't had all of my sort of business come through my website, like I said, it's just an opportunity for people to see that you're serious and to see that, you know, you have uh, thought about how you want to run your business and you've got tangible sort of opportunities for people to engage with you and to interact with you. And yeah, it's very important. So absolutely have a website if you can. The next thing is the tools to execute your craft. Now this one's probably obvious, but you know, if you're a photographer or a video producer, you're probably gonna need a camera. Now, what I will say on this is don't rush out to buy the absolute best or the most expensive. Because what I've found in the time that I have been freelancing is sometimes you'll buy pieces of gear that you may not have actually had that much of a use for. So an example of this is I've got those like Pavo tube sort of style lights. Now they are great and I actually really do like them, but I've used them far less than I thought I would. And I actually try to encourage myself to use them now because otherwise it's a large investment for really not much payoff. And yeah, I just wish that I'd been a bit more intentional with the purchases that I'd made earlier on so that, you know, I could tick off other things before I started getting all the extras, right? So get the things that you need to fulfill the basic needs or requirements of the skills that you're selling. But don't go getting yourself into massive debt over it because that's also a big no-no. You know, you need to make sure that you're staying within your budget and within your means because it's probably going to take a bit of time before you start to see a big return on you know your initial investment i've gradually built up my sort of gear over time and you know i'm now fortunate that i'm in a position where i'm generating enough revenue that i can continuously invest in my gear so it, it gets better over time but i remember when i first started out i'd see people with huge crazy camera rigs and i think ah oh, that's that's what i need to get to where i want to be and actually you know now that i've got the benefit of my experience i know that that isn't strictly true so I still shoot on a crop sensor body, believe it or not. However, that won't be the case for very long. And it does a really good job. There's absolutely no need for me to upgrade other than me wanting to provide the absolute best content that I can. I would be quite happy still shooting on my Sony a6600 for another couple of years, most likely. But, you know, that is still an expensive camera. That You know, you can still produce really great looking content out of it. It's... Uh, you know, I don't want to downplay that camera at all because it is brilliant. But the basic thing that I'm trying to say here is get the minimum gear that you need to do your job effectively, but, you know, really take your time with it and understand what it is exactly that is going to help you get to the next stage. And sometimes you'd be surprised, you know, I, you know, an example that springs to mind is uh, using a teleprompter has been completely invaluable in my work. And, it's probably one of the things I recommend most often now because it just streamlines my process. 
and gives me so much of my own time back that for a hundred and fifty pound investment, it's been massive for me. So you know there are things that you may not have thought of in the um, beginning, but over time as you gain more experience, you might find actually that's something that I really need. The final thing that I'm going to talk about today is simply having the right mindset. So freelancing is tough. Creating a business is tough, and it comes with ups and downs, like I mentioned earlier on in the episode. But having the right mindset generally is going to fix a lot of the problems that you'll come across before you even had them. It's super unpredictable, especially at the minute, and you can never get too comfortable. You always need to have that passion and that eagerness to go out and be better than you already are and to challenge yourself. And, you know, I guess that's applicable in most things, but especially in the early stages of starting a business. In the early days, a lot of it is going to go wrong before it goes right. And that, that is tough. And, you know, resilience is one of the most important things that you can refer back to. It's what's going to keep you centered. It's what's going to keep you on that straight line to success. So having the right mindset is absolutely key. And, you know, when I get people asking me questions on social media or whatever, a lot of the time I, I want to hop on a call because I think I want to know what this person is like. I want to understand how they think and, you know, their approach to work. And honestly, just knowing if they're a nice person, because for me at least, that has always been the biggest part of my success. I think, you know, there are much better practitioners out there of what I do. And I completely acknowledge and respect them for, for being that. But I've always played to my strengths and my strengths have usually been that I'm relatively easy to work with, I hope, and that I know how to leverage content in a meaningful way. So, you know, I don't have to necessarily be the best at what I do, but I understand that I fulfill a niche for some people and that's always given me the confidence and the self-assuredness to approach it in the right way. And, you know, hopefully that makes sense because that was kind of a word, uh, a yeah, mouthful of words. But yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is if I wasn't completely certain that, you know, I had faith in what I was doing and then I knew that I could take a kickback and still, you know, take a kickback, take a kick to the teeth and, and carry on going, then I probably wouldn't still be doing it in all fairness. You know, I've been freelancing full time now for just over six months. So I started in July of last year and it was scary. And there were definitely times where I thought, am I making the right decision here? But I kept at it and ultimately it's worked out. So I'm going to stop this episode here because I don't even know how long it's been going on for. And there are plenty of topics that I could talk about today, but absolutely deserve their own episode because I really want to dive into some of those topics, including pricing, including selling and everything else that I've sort of touched on today. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode. My DMs are always open. So if there's anything specific that you want to ask me about, by all means, let me know and I'll do my best to answer that as soon as I can. But yeah, just wanted to say apologies for the slight lapse in making this next episode. I'm hoping to be a bit more consistent with not just the podcast, but all of my content in 2022. That is, I guess, one of my resolutions for the year. So yeah, 
Again, thank you so much for watching and supporting me in my content. If you want to ask about any specific, if you want me to create a podcast about any specific, again, let me know. But otherwise, we will see you on the next episode.